buckle up and get ready for the journey as we navigate the ongoing relationship between belief and life, theology and doxology, or as we like to say, theodox. Welcome to the Theodox Podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Theodox Podcast. We're glad you joined us. Today, we've got, you know, your obvious, Joshua Brooks, Gracie Calhoun. We've got a couple of guests, you know, Matt Davis, woo, seasoned professional over here, and a new guest, Cole Strickland. Woo! What's up, everybody? Yay! Well, let's get this rolling. So we're going to have a conversation uh, that I hope you tune in for the rest of this tonight. Uh, I think this will be good and helpful and uh, maybe disturbing. So, um, <laughs> you never know with us. We're, we're going to talk about, and we haven't titled this yet, it's a working title. So, uh, basically, we want it to be a positive response to deconstruction. And so, we want to talk about some things that we have um, grew up believing that we thought were, or we now think were in error. Uh, but we also want to think about some, talk about some things that as adults we've changed our positions on. And hopefully give some room for um, for everyone to think about how do we handle those types of situations. And it's going to be interesting because I have one of my daughters on the show, What's of up? course, and she's going to talk about all the things that you I did, did wrong. wrong. <laughs> yeah, great. I mean, of course, <laughs> we got to add that to the list. Before I gotta... this is over, so man, this, I this is going to be those. Yep. We might be doing counseling before this is over, Cole. <laughs> yeah, three-hour podcast. <laughs> well, so let's just think about that for a minute. Let's give a qualifier because. Um, none of us want to portray anything that says to our previous churches or leaders or pastors or even our parents, grandparents, or anyone who influenced us. None of us want to say to them that, you know, they were, they were wrong or they're terrible or anything of that sort. We do want to acknowledge that, um, you know, throughout time, we as a people in a society, we, we grow and we progress in, in different ways. And so it would be the normal anticipation. I think we do this with education pretty regularly. We want our kids to know more at 16 than we knew at 16. And so I think um, it, in a positive way of looking at it is that we're always kind of in the middle. We're always looking back and going, you know, what things did I learn or can I... How can I grow from those things? And we're always thinking forward of how can I help those coming after me to be in a better position than I was at 26. And um, just giving away my age. <laughs> well, oh, yes, sir. I did not. You just did. Oh, <laughs> you did it first. You confirmed it. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's the very nature of, of how we, we grow and, and, and progress as, as a society. And um, so, with that, I want us to say, hey, yes, we are going to talk about some things that, you know, we believe were maybe in error, but that's not to demean, that's to say, hey, look, we're growing, and that's part of that process, and we should look back and have grace and patience, as we hope that those after us look back and have grace and patience, and so with that, Matt, I'm just going to throw it out there to you first. Oh, You're wow. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe throw us something that, that you, um, maybe whether it's your late teens, 20s, or whatever point, something that you grew up in or believed that you realized was an error, yeah. and maybe kind of what that process was like for you. We were specifically in the 
homeschool program of Bill Gothard. And so now, if you're familiar, there's a documentary that's out, Happy Shiny People on the Duggar fam family. And uh, that is not from a Christian perspective. I don't think that the people there are trying to do Christianity any, um, any favors yeah. by, what they, by what they're doing. But I watched it because that's what I, I lived in. I mean, I worked in those training centers. And so there was, I could give you a whole list of things that come out of that that were just extra biblical that I held as really convictions that I was willing to separate from people over and not worship with them and that type of thing. I think the one that probably stands out as much as any other is the, the area of music and Christian music in particular. Um, we were taught and, and I was, uh, I, I heard it over and over and over again and even into adulthood that Christian music that had any beat or drums or anything like that was, was sinful and potentially demonic even. And Somebody will listen to the radio? <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I listen. I listen to music, you know, now that that has those elements in it. But it was, um, it, it was worldly. It was sinful, potentially, uh, potentially demonic, and uh, and so I, I remember in one situation I was in, there was a guy who I, his con his conscience had been so burdened down by this that um, he would hear something that had just the slightest gospel feel to it southern gospel feel and he's like that's sensual that's giving me sensual thoughts and that type thing and he told me you know that sandy patty was basically heavy metal and and that type stuff that I, yeah that's now i would have never said that Whoa. sandy patty was heavy metal <laughs> but i would have said that it was that it was sinful because of that beat that was with it and i remember teaching this hmm. i'm 45 and i would say even at Let's see, 2012. I mean, probably um, into, I know in my early 30s, 34, 35, I was still teaching, teaching mm -hmm. that, and that it was sinful. Wow. Um, and it, our kids, you know, if it, if it came on, turn, turn the TV down, any kind of beat, anything along those lines. I mean, it, it was insane just the list of rules that came with that because it was um, if somebody slid a little bit while they were singing, that was sinful. It was, it was sensual. You know, the, that wow. is poor for performance, a scoop and slide. And so you would have these books, the background that I'm from, you would have these books like this that were written on principles for godly music when you could probably pull from the scripture just a very few pages that would address it. There are principles there. And as, as I began to realize what was happening, I understand that there are principles and that all Christian music isn't good and that you could even have Christian music, the, the music has a feel to it that is, that is not good. Um, but, but as I began to kind of dig through that, the thing that really opened my eyes was, or set me down the path to think about it was in 2012, I'd been doing college ministry for a while I'm on the campus of UGA and I've got college students around me doing expositional Bible studies, just going through books of the Bible. And one of them recommended a song to me and I began to explain, you know, well, you know, that's not good. Um, you, you, you might want to think about that as worldly. And, you know, I don't think I used a sinful word, but I was pushing on that. And they actually said, um, well, can you show me that from the Bible? And I strung like five passages together 
And they said, well, Matt, you always taught us to go look at the scripture and to not twist it. And it feels like you're kind of twisting it in a way that you've got to string all this together in order to make this work instead of Dang. it's not here in black and white. Yeah. And it, it just kind of caught me. And I began to realize, am I going to sit here and contend for a certain style of music on a college campus where there are students who need to be discipled and students who need to be one to the Lord, or am I going to make the gospel the main thing? And that was really the big turning point. That issue itself, music, was the big turning point that led me um, out of a lot of those things into just uh, hopefully more gospel-centered ministry. So I would say even up until 2016, when I came to Greenwood, I was still... I had changed a lot on it, but still really, really cautious on it. I, I'd moved a long ways, but still not not all the way there. And I mean, any kind of secular music would have been off limits with that. So did the documentary, watching that, like, make you glitch and make you, like, send shivers down your back? Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the, I, I hate... I don't hate the word trigger. I, I know that triggering is, is a right. thing for some people. I mean, like they, people who've experienced genuine trauma. Right. And that it can it can really, really affect them. But that was kind of the effect that it had. Yeah. And I saw this guy's face yeah. on the screen who I hadn't seen for years. And I, and I saw him and he's just so calm. But I see the way that he's, that I believe that he's twisting scripture. Mm -hmm. And then I saw all the harm. I had so many friends who were raising that who've walked away from the faith. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was my wife and I, we worked back through a lot of stuff on that again, just kind of thinking back through it and making sure that our hearts were right because here's the thing, she was and my, um, my parents raised us in that. And the thing that we don't doubt is that they loved us and that they loved Jesus with all of their heart. And they yeah. were trying to follow God. And there was mm -hmm. a guy who was giving them a recipe for following God. Mm -hmm. right. And it was essentially, if you do this, your kids will turn out to be this. This will happen in life. This will happen in life. And I get it. Mm -hmm. And I understand it. And um, I've never doubted, never doubted their love for me, even as we've... Right we've changed on some of those things. Cole, I mean, just be curious to know, I mean, we have had no conversation about this, so I really don't have any idea what your background is. You're probably a heretic forever. Yeah. Um, but Actually. Or have had perfect theology forever. Yeah, I mean, you, you everything nailed it all, right? I'll start talking, y'all decide which one it is. Okay. So. <laughs> just like can, thumbs up we, or thumbs down. We can down. definitely do that. Yeah, it'd be fun. We're pretty good, Judge. Well, we're pretty opinionated. Uh, yeah, so right now we're here. We're going to see which way it goes. You know, no, you're born neutral. Yeah. So, all right, we'll start with that. Um, <laughs> thumbs down, thumbs down. <laughs> I said yes at the wrong time. I was like, trying to say yes into like segueing. He's like, wait a second. Wait a second. Um, no, I... So very, not completely unlike Matt's situation, growing up in a very conservative, um, and I might save some of this background for, for the next question we may talk about, but still nothing like the situ you know, the things that Matt grew up being talked about. Thanks for explaining that, kind of opening up your yeah. heart. That was, that was really awesome. I appreciate that. Um, but to answer the, the very first question, just growing up, um, I don't know that I was told this explicitly, but very much modeled for me, especially at the churches that we were a part of, um, that loving Jesus meant that um, you had to add on, you know, sort of some examples where you're talking about, maybe not to the extreme, but like you had to add on a very strict discipline lifestyle. It just, and I, 
and you, you can take this too far, but I told you guys, like, it never occurred to me that loving Jesus could be fun until I was 13 years old in a very different church, and, and I might get there later, but my student pastor, I was like, he's the first person that at least registered to me that, man, he can love Jesus and enjoy the things of life responsibly, responsibly to the glory of the Lord. And then when I'm 13, I'm thinking, he can love Jesus and listen to Fallout Boy. That was my example, you know? And then I was like, whoa, this is <laughs> like, cool. This is dope. That was wild. Yeah, that was yeah. wild to me. And uh, then just more and more, I told you guys, I've really battled like discipline and devotion versus just loving the Lord. And I don't think we need to go on either extreme of that. Like, yeah. oh, I just love Jesus versus, you know, the we got to get theology, you know, and we've talked mm-hmm. about balance there. Um, but it's really uh, the Lord just growing me and maturing me um, and, and bringing me under the teachers that I send under now, ever since college through now, that have taught me to, like you said, the gospel is for all of life. Mm. And, and, and it's just the gospel is, leads to a life that reflects the means of grace and and just all throughout life so i thought it was a really great example um and still growing and still learning sure and just even in the last couple of years um just really growing the idea of man uh god is is meant to just be savored and enjoyed to use john mm-hmm. piper language we see that in scripture as well and so that's kind of a bit of my background to answer the first question yeah. So, yeah. what about um i mean i guess even with that view that that christian life is in essence work and it's sour I mean, that's still based on, uh, I guess, some interpretation of Scripture and a theological basis. Um, so there, there's something there that is interesting to see. Like that, that's kind of the outworking of what someone, I guess, b- believed or what you picked up on. Right. And um, but yeah, that that that's interesting. Can I? I'm, what do you think? What do you think that's ultimately rooted in? Is it like all the persecution passages and you read Peter and he talks about you're going to suffer these trials and that type thing. And so people just don't realize that, yeah, we suffer those. And then, on, but even in that, you can have joy and there's there's a happiness that's in Christ even in the middle of that. What do you think that comes from? Yeah, so the answer I would give now may not be the answer I would give after thinking about it two in the morning tonight, you know, whatever, you know, with helping a small child get back to sleep or something. But I say all that to say, um, for example, you know, I don't know that the people I grew up around, like the adults I grew up around, specifically in my churches, I think they had the gospel down Mm -hmm. as far as the basis of the gospel. I think many of them love the Lord genuinely. Um, I think the whole great commission aspect of the evangelism side of that the going and telling was down you know big 70s 80s 90s mm. i grew up on, i kind of grew up on the tail end of visitations you know the visitation program mm. i kind of grew up on the tail end of that mm-hmm. um versus actually being discipled and i would argue i've heard some people that are older than me say i don't know that I, my generation hasn't swung that maybe too far pendulum wise um but i say that i don't know that a lot of them were truly discipled in the word and so for example i had someone when I was young, that I loved very dearly, say, for example, um, maybe a whole other topic here, but interracial marriage was wrong because mm. the Bible says that interracial marriage is wrong. And I remember hearing something about King Solomon or whatever, and it wasn't until <laughs> I was in college that I read the passage on, uh, I've read it a few a couple weeks ago, what is it, Second Kings or one of the Chronicles, might be in both actually, uh, but where Solomon's heart was drawn away from the Lord because of his wives, because they were of different ethnicities and they served different gods. Yeah. Yeah. That's why yeah. it was bad. It wasn't because of their skin color. Right. And I remember like, you know, being taught that and encouraged, you know, 
you know, don't don't like that girl because she's not the same skin color as you. Mm. Kind of some hints there. <laughs> I had a crush on on a girl that was African African American and it was very brief, you know. But it, it's kind of like this feels wrong because I'm kind of told this was wrong, not yeah. explicitly. And then you actually read God's word, and I don't. That sounds bad. Like I'm enlightened. I've actually read God's word, but. I was a disciple. I was being taught God's word. And yeah. the Lord used that in a moment one night. That's just an example of, whoa, no, no, no. Solomon was following other other gods. Other and, gods he, yeah. and he was allowing right. his the people in his life to do that. That's what yeah. was bad. So, Yeah, and it's interesting that, um, you know, in essence, and, then, and I, I, I kind of hate the way this sounds, but let's just be clear, that was an error. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. so... You know, the thing is, is not in a haughty way of saying, oh, we're enlightened. Yeah. Um, but I think what happens a lot of times in our culture is people experience something, um, you know, maybe in their teens or 20s and or maybe later in life. And not that 35 is later. I mean, it's later than that. <laughs> but, <it's, laughs> but anyway, then you, it, are but, dirt old. But you experience, <laughs> you know, you come to know something and you look back and go, this this was wrong. Like, even by scripture, you're not just like your own thoughts that it's wrong. It's, you know, you can come to know that something was done wrongly, and that can really train wreck, you know, the faith. And I think that's the the thing we're hoping to communicate here is like, yes, we can openly say something was, and we're not, again, throwing shade or stones, but just to say, like, this is how I came to know through scripture, through the church, through uh, another relationship, you know, whatever the means that God used and how God used that for your growth. Right. And, and, and isn't sanctification beautiful? Because like that very thing is happening to me over the last couple of months or just how I, I deal with disciplining my four-year-old and that I yeah. can do it in anger, but yet God's changing me over and over using my wife, using people I care about to be like, man, you need to calm down or whatever. And like, that's, that's an error in if itself, but yet sanctification is beautiful because yeah. I'm constantly growing in between the justification and glorification there. And so, yeah. I think the thing that's so helpful in this is um, pride is something that God always resists. Yeah. And so however we tackle this, whenever we're looking, hopefully we're coming to the, the word open before us and willing to have our hearts and minds changed. And so we've got to, we've got to have humility Mm -hmm. even as we change And, and the humility to say there are things that I probably believe now that my children are going to find out were wrong later on. How do I want them to treat me when, when that happens? Well, I I extend that same grace and even some of the things that I've changed on, it's possible. I've gone too far one direction. I know in, in one instance on one subject, I did go too far one direction. The Lord had to just through some some loving discipline, bring me back to a to a biblical balance there. So we've got to be, we've got to be humble. And I think that if we're not humble in it, that that's where the pride comes in, and we start to get bitter, and that's where people's faith starts to go off the rails. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of reconstructing something, that's where they end up deconstructing in yeah. a damaging yeah. way. I mean, there's a difference between assessing, evaluating, and growing, and systematically dismantling yeah like there's a difference there and so i guess with that i'm gonna ask you (laughs) what have you learned there was a lot of things that were like i'm gonna slap my daddy across the table with some truth right now (laughs) no when we were talking about doing this episode like the very first thing that popped in my mind that um from my childhood that i like remembered and i 
I remember this very like vividly was turning 12 years old and I was like, shoot, it's on me now. The age of accountability, like it's on me now. And I was like, I know age of accountability was something that was really tall and that wasn't necessarily by y'all, but, and a lot of these things were just by the church, um, environment that we were in. So like age of accountability, you know, asking God into your heart, the sinner's prayer, like all these things that are very common. And I remember pretty much every Sunday, like asking Jesus to come into my heart because it never felt adequate. You know, like I would always repeat that sinner's prayer because it was always like, well, surely I need it again. Like surely I need it this week too. So it was like never enough of like me doing enough. I mean, I'm sorry. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just going to say that throughout this episode. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. You know, it's all right. Um, even like the, um, like spiritual world was like super emphasized and like Satan was the author of, um, everything bad. And he like, you attributed everything that was going wrong in your life to Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, and faith was a huge thing. It was like this force that you could just manipulate and um, you use it to get what you want. You use it to, if you have strong enough faith, then you can do almost anything. Like you could fly if you want to, maybe. Um, I actually, How long is your list? <laughs> you know, I've only hit on like half of it. Um, I actually remember some of my sisters talking after a Sunday school class about how their Sunday school teachers asked them if, um, they wanted to request, <laughs> this sounds so crazy, but it's true, um, that their Sunday school teachers asked them if they wanted to request wings in heaven, or I can't remember if you wanted to be able to walk in heaven or if you wanted, fly. or fly. Like, it's like a would you rather. Man, yeah, like but, go ahead and choose your model. But now. it was like a legitimate, like, <laughs> yeah, which it one, <laughs> it was like, which one do you want? Like, you can go ahead and choose now. Um, it was crazy, obviously, like work work-based salvation, um, but the whole, you know, I know we talked about in the false teaching episode about that word faith, prosperity gospel, and that is Mm -hmm. completely what we grew up in, and you just name it and claim it, and it's yours. Mm. I want to add to that, um, just that we're grateful. Yeah. Like, um, and I think we all would probably say this. Um, so I have godly parents have all my mm-hmm. life and am, you know, immensely grateful for, um, everything that I've been involved in <laughs> and, you know, and at the same time, you know, you sit back and go, man, this was wild. And I, I remember a church we were part of when we were in Florida for a few years and I'm riding in a car with some other pastors and they're talking about some Benny Hinn video they had just seen. And they're, they're just like, oh, my gosh, did you see they're doing this and they're doing that? And, and one of them turns to me and is like, you're not saying anything. Did you see it? And I said, guys, you're not going to believe me, but the stuff you saw in that video was a pretty normal Sunday service for us. Yeah. So, like, I don't need to watch the video. It doesn't matter. I know what like, it's, yeah. it's It was all that same stuff. And, um, you know, yeah, you might think it's ridiculous and how could anybody be Mm -hmm. a part of that and you might think man how can anybody fall for that and this is silly and funny and for me it's painful 
Yeah. That's <laughs> you know. why when I was asking if you were like glitching during that documentary, now like anything that brings me back to that, I'm just like, I need to get out of here. Like I, it sends cold chills to my back. I don't want this. Yeah. Got to get away. Yeah. But it makes you glitch for sure. Yeah. And um, for me, I was similar to you. I was in my early 30s whenever... Um, so I was actually in a youth pastor position and um, was, you know, forced to study scripture more. Mm. And um, you're like, huh, yeah. maybe I should do this. <laughs> and and so I'm teaching Sundays and Wednesdays and, and, you know, it was really just like God's just, there's just one question after another just mm. from reading scripture. And um, so it just led me down a road of going, man, there is just a lot of stuff here I really need to consider or reconsider and evaluate and assess and see how God will lead that. And, and, um, you know, so, um, I don't know if anybody else had anything it's, down that road. It's just quickly. like kind of going back to your grateful thing. It's so crazy how you can go through some, like sometimes terrible experience, sometimes yeah. things that you would never like, not to say that this, that's this specific scenario, but we go through things that we would never wish on anybody or on ourselves again. And yet we can be grateful that we went through them. Yeah. You know, it's so wild. Like I've mm -hmm. been through several of those where it's just like, I'm, if I could rewrite this, I wouldn't put myself mm -hmm. back yeah, here. That way. Yeah. I wouldn't have done it this way. Mm -hmm. And yet because of that, because of, you know, learning that it's made me who I am today and good or bad, like it's caused me to, you know, be more alert when I'm hearing sermons and to mm. evaluate what is true and to go to scripture for what truth is rather than mm. just trusting any word. Like it, it really pushes you. And so rather than just deconstructing everything, like it makes you so grateful for, for the past and because it, it truly has shaped who you are. I think it makes you love truth more. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, you know, when you've, uh, for me to have, uh, and, and again, knowing what, I don't think people are intentionally doing this, but just to have had a guilt heaped on you all the time. And whenever something goes wrong, it wasn't Satan. Mm -hmm. My thought was, is God mad at me? Hmm. God, what did, did I not read my Bible enough this week? Yeah. Did I not confess that sin right? And so it's for somebody who has been forgiven a lot to get to the point where it's like, wow, this, grace is really great when it comes yeah. down to it. I think it makes you love truth mm -hmm. more and then hopefully love the people who don't, who, who are still struggling in that era to love them more as well. And mm -hmm. just hope that, that they get to breathe the free air of liberty as Paul talks about in, yeah. um, in Galatians 5. Just to kind of add to that, I guess. So we come out of some things that we realize were an error, but then we also, we are ourselves progressing and mm -hmm. we are changing and learning and growing. So maybe what is something that you have believed and maybe it's from that, maybe it's not, that as you've grown, I guess, let's just start with you, Cole, since he just talked, we'll just give him a break. <laughs> <clears throat> but what's something that as an adult, like you've kind of like through your own journey of study and and church and interrelations you've like man i've changed my position on this again never taught that this was a specific sin but definitely grew up that drinking alcohol that might be i don't know if cheesy is the right word but that's a very common one especially in this part of our country um that that was bad not good yeah. my, my wife we grew up very similar in that she would say you know i was essentially taught that it was a sin to do so 
I remember, uh, again, funny stories, 12 years old or so, riding around at the beach uh, with my parents. We're on vacation, and my dad points out a certain bar or beach club or whatever. So, yeah, been there before in my 20s. <laughs> oh, what? You didn't go there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, as a joke, as a joke, I said, yeah, sure, but you had a beer, didn't you? And he's like, uh, yeah, I probably did. I'm like, <gasps> what? And I'm like, I'm like, you did what? And so that's kind of, that was my reaction because of kind of how I grew up. And so then uh, went against swinging pendulums way too hard at 19, 20, 21, 22 years old, embracing um, the Christian freedoms, uh, if you will, but wasn't doing it in a God-honoring way. And so um, I had to kind of come personally and kind of bring that back and say, hey, there's a personal line here that I know that I have, and I'm going to cross very quickly when it comes to consuming alcohol. But I have friends, people I love, people that I, you know, uh, labor alongside of in the Christian world that enjoy alcohol and do so responsibly, and I think that's so cool. And so the whole idea in the last ten years of Christian freedoms, you know, talking to someone about sports gambling—that's a whole other thing today. But it's like, <laughs> I, I just—I don't know that it's wise, and I'm not going to do it. But you know, I, I don't know that it's explicitly sinful. Again, I'm bringing up things that should be their own topics, probably in their own selves. But that's just an example, yeah. and I would all mm-hmm. encapsulate that in, in the title "Christian Freedoms." There. Sure. So, yeah. yeah. I heard someone say. Not long ago, might have read it somewhere. Uh, essentially, if you believe everything, the exact same thing, <laughs> 15, that you did 15, 20 years ago, yeah. um, maybe the Bible isn't the king of your life that mm-hmm. you think that it is. You've created a religion that is in your own image, essentially. Yeah. And so if we are... If we are um, fallen, depraved human beings who have been redeemed and have new natures but still have that sin nature present, if we do not change our minds at some point, then um, we're really not being honest with the Scripture. And so one of, I think one of the areas as an adult that I've seen that is, and this is kind of a fine distinction, but I think everybody will get it, the difference between revival and revivalism. Hmm. And revivalism is this this idea of it's preaching for revival all the time, talking about revival all the time. Um, it's like the most important thing in the world mm. is is revival, and there the heart behind it is good and it's right, and that we want to be people who walk with the Lord and who are rightly related to Him. Now, I believe that revival is a thing. It's been seen in history. Um, but the, the thing that I had to come to the conclusion or the conclusion that I came to was, um, if we just practice the normal means of grace week in and week out and we exalt Christ and we exalt the gospel, then we can see what would be biblical revival in our, in our lives on a day to day basis. And you can begin to see things change in a church. I, for years, um, yeah. and, and I still pray for revival. But for years, we would pray and pray and pray and pray and pray for revival, and that is, that is, that is good. But it's almost like that came to be talked about more than the important stuff. It overshadowed more than the gospel. Yeah, and, and now the gospel is part of of that. Okay, but yeah. it was like, you know, you've got to have this. And then as I came to pastor the church where I'm at, and I've done it so imperfectly. But as I began to understand what it meant for the gospel to be the center of everything and Christ to be the center of everything, 
um, some of the things that I've seen in our church, I'll come home and I'll tell my wife, I'm like, this is what we were praying for hmm. for years. Yeah. And it was found in just falling deeper in love with Christ and just um, applying the gospel to every aspect of our life. And, yeah. and that sounds simple. And that's the thing that kind of that kind of gets you in it is this is this is actually kind of simple and that that doesn't minimize doctrine it doesn't minimize right. that we need to preach about mm-hmm. sin and, mm-hmm. and but that the solution for sin is always one Lord I was wrong forgive me and I don't have to beat myself up over that anymore I'm right with God now yeah. and so that's been a huge change for me and it, it was it was just found in. In the gospel, yeah. I think more than anything. What is it? Paul said, I guess, to the Corinthians, uh, I knew nothing amongst you other than Christ and, and Him crucified. Yeah. yeah. And, you know. Preaching through Galatians was just so key in that and cementing that in yeah. my mind, I think. Yeah. Do you have anything you've changed your position on? Well, you know, since I've not been an adult super long. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to be an adult. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I've I changed mean, my mind. teenagers change their mind all the time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But biblically, um, change your position. Biblically, yes. <laughs> um, modesty is one of those things for me because it, it is kind of one of those gray areas. Not to say say that you you know. What is modest might be a gray right. area, but that's what I'm yeah. meaning. Okay, thank you for clarifying that. I was trying to figure out how to clarify. Yeah. <laughs> what is modesty? I guess is one of those gray areas that I've kind of grown mm. in because I know. Once I got parents got wrong. Yeah. You know, they were like, you know, it's gotta be right here and right there. And it's just like, uh, you're killing my vibe. Um, (laughs) I'm never going to get married. Dad. (laughs) She's not wrong. (laughs) Killing my vibes. (laughs) Um, so then once I did get married, it was like, I'm married now. I can kind of, you know, with my husband's, you know, with him being the leader here, I can do kind of what I want. Um, And so that was something where, like y'all are saying, kind of went too far with things. And so it's been, it's been kind of a gradual past couple of years, I would say, God really working on my heart. And it's like, well, why, why am I wanting to go this way, Mm. this far? And it's Mm. like, you know, it's really kind of like evaluating my, my motives and my heart and reasons why, you know, yes, it's it might be cute, but like, okay, so what am I trying to portray? So I would say like what modesty is, is something that, um, I've definitely grown in. What about yourself? Um, man changed my position. A lot of things. Um, I, I feel like there are a lot of things that are caught. And I think that's kind of what we said about a number of these things is even what, you know, whether it's the way this, Christianity feels Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, and then other things explicitly taught. Mm -hmm. And, uh, for me, just, I grew up here in the rural South in Greenwood and, um, just to lump all this together in one quick, probably over wordy way is I grew up ignorantly. I'll I'll make that the first qualifier dispensational pre-meal Armenian. And I would say, and I'm not dissing any of those perspectives, and we can get into that a little bit if y'all want, but I would say, I think, and in, in having grown up in this area and, and somewhere in this area, I would say, I think probably 80% of people that grew up in the church, especially in the 80s and 90s, did the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you had this underlying belief that, like for me, 
dispensational pre-mill worked out this way. I had this view of the rapture and the tribulation, and I was more afraid of getting left behind hmm. and having to run through the woods for my life and avoiding the guillotine <laughs> than I was afraid of not being with Jesus. Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm not... Like I'm, I'm serious. Yeah, yeah right. like, there was yeah. a cemetery in my in my neighborhood growing up, and I remember sitting at the dinner table and just like terrified that they were going to be yeah. at the rapture, that these zombies were going to come walking out of the ground <laughs> yeah. down the street. I'm like six years old and visualizing this in my With mind. Kurt Cameron, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. funny. And so, well, this, I mean, I'm this is way before Kurt Cameron, and by the time those came out, I I just did not even want to watch them, not because I was afraid, it was because I was already wrestling through like issues with this, and. And again, I'm not I'm not dissing anyone that's of these persuasions. I'm just saying um, I feel like what I saw, especially in the 80s and 90s, was that dispensationalism highly influenced what we thought America was. Mm -hmm. And as far as God's kind of elite chosen country, and I think it highly influenced foreign policies. Um, I, I, I felt like there was an overemphasis on... I don't know, Jerusalem, Israel, and some things there that was just like, this is really weird. Even the emphasis on uh, current events and, you know, got to see all the things that are happening and how that's, mm -hmm. what, what kind of sign of the time is this? And, mm -hmm. you know, it was just, it, it really was impactful for me um, and not knowing any of that. And that's my point is I was just ignorant of all of it. And yet that's what my belief system was. Mm -hmm. yeah. And as well as, I mean, free will is thrown around here like it's everyday language. And candy. so do I? Like it's candy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not dissing on any of these. I'm just saying I grew up not knowing there were other options. Yeah. <laughs> other biblical perspectives mm -hmm. that yeah. are not looked at as heresy. Yeah. yeah. And so for me, and I think this sometimes is what kind of throws people off is, you, you know, you get into some years later where you're exploring some stuff maybe and you go, wait a minute, <laughs> this was actually a legitimate, like there are godly scholars and pastors throughout history that have viewed this differently and nobody ever told me, Yeah, you know, and I think this is why people go into cage stage for, diff you know, and there's yeah. like, they just get so angry about it. Yeah. And, um, so, I mean, I guess I would just want to encourage people if, you know, gosh, you, you need to explore. You need to dig into some, mm -hmm. maybe some people that you haven't thought about reading that might have a different perspective. That's a funny story. I'm, I'm an electrician and I had a guy working with me as a young guy, 18, 19, just out of high school. And his family was really uh, heavily in the same group you had mentioned earlier. I don't know that absolutely, but just seeing mm -hmm. their lives on now, looking back, I think so. But we, I was playing Shylin while we're on the job, and 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 Shylin obviously is Amil, and so he's he got this song about how the rapture's not true, <laughs> and Cringe. the next day we're riding to the job, and this guy goes, "Hey, we were listening to the song yesterday, and he said something about the rapture not being true. What's up with that?" <laughs> and I'm like, "I get it, I get it. Like you, like you that there were for, no other there options. were no other options. No. Like that was it, and um, like, and again." Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not dissing any of that. I'm just saying, yeah. you know, there are other biblical perspectives that I think are, are good to help people understand, like, here's another, here, here's another thought, you know, um, on this. 
And um, anyway. Like uh, sometimes when clothes were left on the floor in the house and I'm like, yes. oh, shoot. Oh, I'm yeah. left. Well, there was, there was a movie from the 70s that traumatized every kid in the 80s called yeah. A Thief in the Night that um, that really uh that really cemented that you know it, it it's interesting you and i had had talked about this i'm probably the resident pre-mill guy here when it comes down to it but uh, i think one of the things that we that we learn in that is wow okay there are other people who see this differently this isn't a gospel issue and i think that that helps us navigate some of those waters to where i can be friends with and have someone in the church that i pastor who would be I'm ill and not necessarily affirm all the way down the way that I would. And then for me to be charitable, it's like, okay, we all agree on the second coming. That's right. Yeah. That yeah. I mean, that is the thing that we're all really, really waiting for when yeah. it comes down to it. And I think that helps us walk through some of these landmines here of just getting angry or walking away from Christianity and saying, well, there's four different views of this. None of them can be true. And just to realize there are some things that are absolutely without question we all agree on and then there are some things it's like eh i see it this way i see it this way but you know what we'll find out when we see jesus yeah and and the counter to that is the script scripture is not subjective mm -mm. and and so you know we're not saying that you know everything has multiple views you know it's right. it's right. that right. there are there are things like when it comes to the millennial reign and, and what's funny is, is any conversation about that, because when that kid asked me, I'm going to say, well, let me tell you what. I'm going to tell you of four major views. And I'm going to tell you which way I lean. But before I tell you any of that, I'm going to tell you, none of us know. Yeah, <laughs> right. And, yeah. and so, like, that's, that's how, I, that's one of those things. That's mm -hmm. how that yeah. should be approached. And I would say I'm a pan male, though. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Or Everything Mark Gabber says pro, pro millennial. That's what he says. I'm pro millennial. <laughs> That's funny. Just just so you know, if you're listening to this, wondering what what are all the meal talk. So <laughs> we're not talking about. Are the we food. eating food? We're, <laughs> we're not talking about the restaurant yeah. or textiles. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I mean, yeah. it basically is the millennial reign, the Christ millennial reign, and what what kind of order, how that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that that's all that. I mean, that's very vaguely and and. Uh, we're talking about end times. Yeah, that. Yeah. Let me just. And dispensationalism, and you correct me on this. I'm trying to give a really vague understanding, but is basically one overarching view of how to interpret scripture and God's working throughout history. And so, I mean, there are other views, and that's an interesting thing. Is like, oh wow, there's something else out there that's actually plausible, yeah. and. Um, it's funny yeah. because I put a like a quiz on social media today and like guess what topic we're talking about tonight and end times was one of the ones that was supposed to not be true but like i guess it kind of is true <laughs> kind of talking about well, it. it's, so. it's funny from my baptist background i know guys who would um charles haddon spurgeon is like everybody's homeboy i yeah. mean the og great baptist preacher yeah they they follow him they quote him and everything but they preach against the stuff that he believed yeah. on a regular mm. basis and it, yeah. it's just interesting to me and it's like maybe we ought to hold what we hold with a little bit of humility because you our, our guy spurgeon uh kind of deviated from what we would think would be the exact way to do it and yeah he loved the lord and preached the gospel and uh, was doctrinally sound in so many ways. Yeah. 
I guess like something for us to kind of like move into is, you know, talking through like, okay, how did we go from believing what we believed, you know, to believing what we believe now? Like, how do you take things that you're starting to see red flags or you're starting to, you're reading scripture and you're like, hold up, this doesn't line up with what I'm being taught. How do you go from point A to point B? Like, how do we not deconstruct, I guess, is what we're trying to get to. Um, and maybe even for you personally, what, yeah. was, what was some, you know, some things that you walked through mm-hmm. to go like, man, I mean, cause to come out of what you did, Matt, I mean, that sounds like really, really specific and very, uh, intentional. And so, yeah, I'd just be curious to hear yeah. that. How, what, how did you walk through that and grow closer to Christ and not away from Bold the, the other way. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Interestingly enough, the way that I did it was through what I had the one of the amazing things that I learned from my family and my church was we're people of the Bible and we're people of the scripture and we want to line our lives up with the scripture. And so um, to to begin to look at it and I just I, I don't know, I came to a conviction of I don't want to ever say thus says the Lord when the Lord hadn't said it. Mm. And so that I'm going to hold that for something that's black and white. That is absolutely clear that I've got the full force of scripture behind, not an application of a principle, not an opinion and that type thing. And so when I began to just hold what I believe up to that standard, right? That's where it began. That's where I, I was able to, to change. And I think the second thing in that is, and I, I didn't do this initially, and the Lord had to help me with this. It, it is as we change, we've got to separate the people from the from the Scripture. Hmm. In, in other words, uh, people, yes, they're human. They are going to teach us something that is not straight on at some point. And so, what is our ultimate? What is our ultimate authority? The Scripture. So now I can look and not be not be bitter. at those people or even at uh, Bill Gothard or any of those people not be bitter at them um, because ultimately my my conscience is hopefully captured by the scripture and I'm not I'm not sitting here and um, ultimately condemning them the scripture is there for me to search and to come to those conclusions so I've got to separate I got to separate those because as long as I'm focusing on the person then it's probably going to lead to bitterness and I'm mm-hmm. probably going to be mad at God right. because mm-hmm. of those people instead of just saying they actually weren't doing what was true. That is not God's fault that they weren't doing what was true yeah. and right. Hmm. So not the Holy Spirit, not not Christ. Not God's grace. Yeah, just you and the Bible. <laughs> I, <you know. laughs> I was well, like, I mean, he second. was obviously using it, <laughs> but yeah. Oh, I was so nervous people. for like two seconds. So nervous. Like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I didn't like, know, quite know where that was going. And I was like, uh, the grace of God had the Holy Spirit working in the background, leading me to these conclusions. Well, you should have said that. <laughs> no, and, I, and, and, and it's funny. I mean, obviously we're, I mean, there are practical, there are things that we do. Right. And that's obviously what we're hoping to gain is some of that wisdom. So, um, yeah. 
Why don't you start with God and the Holy Spirit and grace and, yeah. Yeah. and then please redeem this situation <laughs> for us. All that. All that. Um, all that. All that. Book. Now, if you leave the Bible out, we're going <laughs> to. All that and then something. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, no. And, and part of that answer is really just a story of how um, not that I came out of a teaching or system, but really just part of just um, really growing in the things of the Lord. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so, um, and it was a very long period of time where for me, just personally, I came to college and desired to do things that did honor the Lord. And that was a goal of mine, honestly, like systematically thought about, it. I want to try this. That'd be interesting. I want to try this. But also while interesting way, having the Holy Spirit in my life, I came to know Jesus when I was 13 and and still, so there was a um, a conviction there. Mm-hmm. Slowly but surely, mm-hmm. something's not right here. Why do I? Why? Why does this such a pull and tug on my life? Also, at the same time, coming to Greenwood. So that's how I ended up here. Was was uh, school and coming to Greenwood and had no intentions of getting involved in a local church. Zero. I did have an intention of finding a church to attend to, uh, or to attend on Sundays because I knew that was right, and I I kind of did want to, but I knew it would make mom and dad happy, and and, and things would kind of go. You know, it's probably a good thing to do, right? Had every intention of doing that, had no intention of actually getting involved in, in any meaningful way in the local church. And boy, in a matter of months, that just flipped on its head. You know? mm. And still growing and still very much not honoring the Lord in much of my life. Um, of, not that I do it now. No, I'm sure. I know there's ways today I didn't honor the Lord in my life. But, um, but just living, living in, in, in a sense that didn't honor the Lord. And so just over a time of growing and really maybe for the first time learning what the local church actually is here in town, uh, at, at a church here in town when I was in college. And then next thing I know, I'm 20 and I'm a junior in college and I'm switching my membership to this local. I'm like, whoa, you know, like that was, that was different. That was strange yeah. to me. And I'm um, just being discipled by those guys that were on, most of those guys that were on church staff there at the time or really being poured into. And again, just being taught just to love the things of the Lord. And how does that play out in life? And still working that out um, more and more. And hopefully I'll still keep doing that. But that's how I think I moved away from just the idea of not being able to grasp grace I've said this before. I acted a lot like, especially when I was in high school, again, caught, not taught, but yeah. caught that God was my bookie, you know, and if I didn't pay him up, you know, this was, he gave you this grace thing and you got to pay up, man. And like, oof, like, mm. I can't believe I sent him that again. And, you know, it's, it's the whole focusing on the mud pies rather than the, the cruise, holiday cruise at sea is mm. what Lewis says, right? And so not realizing, man, Jesus is so good versus... I got to get this right. And then I can see how Jesus is so good. And again, I didn't say those words, but I definitely thought those things. Yeah. 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 I know for myself, it was um, like I was around 15 or 16 coming out of this um, word faith and prosperity gospel. And that's like what I had grown up in and known all of my life. And, and then, um, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. I, I forgive, you know, like we just said, I'm grateful for my past and made me who I am. You, you made up for it, That's all you know, right. I'm just kidding. Um, but so kind of coming out of that, I learned actually through dad, your like discipleship and studying, I would say a ton of props goes to my parents on I've heard her say this multiple times. By yeah. <laughs> so, She's just saying it for that part. No, I, you know, I don't kiss butt. Like, <laughs> um, so I wouldn't be saying it if it weren't true. But yeah, seriously, like, I think you were so, I think it was kind of like, shoot, 
they've been taught wrong their right. whole life. I've got to make up for this. <laughs> like, I think that's really kind of what it was because all of a sudden we were praying together and all of a sudden we were doing Bible studies and I was like, what kind of cult am I in? Like <laughs> we're doing Bible studies at home. This stuff is weird. Like <laughs> it was strange at first. And and then, like, I started to learn, I'm actually not naturally a good person. I was like, what is this? Like, I thought I was a good person. Learning that I deserved hell offended me and blew my mind. And it was like, but then it was like, you know, looking at scripture, because that's what we were doing now. You know, we were actually looking in the Bible, you know, crazy thought. Right. <laughs> um, so obviously reading scripture and then, you know, through y'all's discipleship and learning that, I naturally deserve to be eternally punished. Like I, and to learn that like makes you just want to cling to God's grace and to run towards that. And, um, but also realizing like, I can't do enough good to get there, you know? So then it's like completely reliant on him. It's like completely against that whole, um, works-based salvation thing that I had been taught um, my whole life then. So through that, like, there were so many nights that I cried myself to sleep because I wanted to honor God and I wanted to be that Christian person. And yet I was being taught and I knew that I couldn't just naturally change my own heart. I couldn't naturally change myself. And I would go to school the next day and I would just act like every other kid there. I would do whatever I wanted to do. I would lie to my parents to their face. Like I, I did so many things I shouldn't have done that didn't honor God. And then I would cry myself to sleep that night. And it was just like the cycle and I literally had like chest pain, like heart pain. Now I might've been in ingestion looking back on it. <laughs> I literally thought I was dying um, for like, Tuesday. yeah, it was like that guilt ridden was just eating at me. And then we ended up moving to Florida and I had a friend or really she was kind of just a stranger at that point at the church that we were involved in. And she just asked me a very straight up question one day. It was like, so what's your relationship with the Lord like? And I was like, oh, I was like, I don't know that I have one. I was like, to be honest. And it was like through that question that I was like, and me realizing, I don't think I have one. And it just pushed me to read scripture. And I know um, I read along with you and mom. And I think um, my one of my younger sisters, we read through the Bible in a year and I just like ate it up. Like I had never read that much of scripture before. So I would say like, obviously God's grace. Um, and then like discipleship and, you know, reading scripture as well and just true friendships that, you know, and the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit you know, <laughs> working within me. I think it's important for us because we're all going to experience doubts. Right. And we're all going to experience things that we go, man, that was wrong. Or we're all going to experience things. Well, I thought this, but now this is not, and I think it's really important to um, not be really quick to shun the things that God's put up, like like the local church, mm-hmm. like your godly friends. Um, you know, it's it's pretty easy once you start doubting to go down a road of systematically removing things that right. would actually be to your benefit. And so, uh, I mean, for us, yeah, I mean, I went through a situation that was personally probably the most 
well, not the, but one of the really close second to the most mm-hmm. painful thing I ever walked through in my life um, in church. And that's where it all happened. And um, it was horrific. And I had to walk away quietly so because I did not want to be contentious in any way. And but it, it very easily could have led me to go like, this is all a sham. Forget it. And we walked out one Sunday and immediately the next Sunday went to another church. And <laughs> it was like, that we're not like we we're not just. Yeah. Don't be so quick mm-hmm. to like ditch those. Um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Principles. Um, graces that God has given us. And, you know, whether it's friendships, parents, churches, yeah. uh, scripture, prayer, you know, those things mm-hmm. and, you know, continue to pursue after those. But, um, anyway, um, I think this episode has been really cool and really enlightening because it's not like something that we're always reforming. Right. So like, yeah. even now sitting here, like we can talk about our past and in like two years, we might be able to talk mm-hmm. about something that right now we believe that we've changed on. So I changed my view on something while we were talking. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> you want to go ahead and add it to the mix? Are you pre meal now? No, <laughs> I lean. <laughs> so, I mean, I think it like, you never just but arrive. No. <laughs> Come on, get serious. <laughs> you never just arrive, you know, yeah. like we are always reforming. We're always being made into the image of Christ and being formed in that way. So you never like, there's no cap on like, yeah. Oh, I, I've got there. So, um, I very well may learn something in a year that, you know, Gracie now believes and hopefully, you know, she can listen to that and change yeah. and not just throw it all out. Yeah. So I think it's really cool. I remember being a sophomore in college, I think, or 20 years old, maybe 21. And I remember, I remember having this thought. It's like, man, I've arrived spiritually. <laughs> I remember thinking that. Like, yeah. Man, God, I'm just there. And looking yeah. back at that, dude, obviously that statement in itself is mm. so arrogant and so dumb. And I look back at that, dude, it's like, that was a gross person. Was just a gross <laughs> guy. I was just, you know, and just to see, but yet I had the Holy Spirit in my life. I was growing, you know, yeah. and I was a follower of Christ then. And just to see now, 10, or so years later, man, like, oh, thank you so much for growing me from that stage of life, God, and <laughs> yeah. all the things that were there. It's so like the yeah, older so. we get, the more we realize I know nothing, mm-hmm. right? Well, I appreciate y'all joining us, and yeah. um, hopefully for everyone listening, watching, uh, you could take away something from this that will be maybe beneficial to um, walking through your own doubts or hurts or struggles or changes in beliefs, and uh, we appreciate you watching, listening. Uh, if you have any questions, other comments, or things you'd like for us to discuss, you can shoot them to theodoxpodcast at gmail. Take care. Adios. See y'all. <laughs> oh, we didn't really get to touch on it.